Welcome to our first episode of our brand new ESA Valley podcast. It's all about the tech community in Munich. Our first episode will start with a blast. We are recording live at WWDC 2018 in San Jose in Apple's beautiful podcast studio. It's a little bit like a family get-together of the Swift Meetup Group in Munich. I have two guests today. Andy Fischer from Audi Business Innovation. Hi, Andy. Hi. And Franz Busch from Sixth. Servus, Franz. Servus. So, uh, we had just a very weird situation. When we're standing in front of the podcast studio, there is a beautiful wallpaper of the WWG team. And uh, somebody wants to take a picture of us. And yeah, Franz, maybe you explain the situation yeah, a little bit. So, we were just standing there, lining up, and she... The guy, uh, the girl from Apple, just said, "Yeah, come together, group a bit up." And there was one guy walking around, was on his phone, heading a call, and then he just came to us and stood right next to us. It was so weird, and we didn't even realize we didn't know what to do. Um, so I assume one of us looks like Craig Federighi, <laughs> and it's not me. <laughs> it's also, also not me. So I mean, I have similar hair <laughs> almost. And then yeah, we just had to retake it, but it was. It was really weird. He's Hair Force One and I'm Hair Force None. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ron. So it's your first time at WWC. How do you like it so far? So at first I was really shocked. Like Werner wanted to get up at four in the morning and um, I could talk him out of it. So we were there by like 7 a.m. And still it was so many people lining up for the first keynote and... Um, all this motivation, you're going in, the guys from Apple clapping, cheering you up, and it was re really a great experience, and uh, I didn't expect that. Okay. So you will come back again? Uh, hopefully, it's like when I get a ticket again, uh, I definitely join again here. So what do you think about the keynote? Hmm... So uh, I guess um, performance increasements in iOS are basically the things that a lot of people required or like wanted for years to come by, especially after iOS 11, because it was so buggy and so slow in some parts. So I guess that's great. One highlight for me was the uh, group FaceTime possibility. I was wondering about that for years. What's the problem? You can do it with Skype sometimes when it's working <laughs> and uh, I don't think that's too difficult to achieve and now it's there so I'm happy for that yeah. did you install already the beta of iOS 12? Uh, no it's on my MacBook already but not installed so I got it on my MacBook as well I downloaded it but I'm mm -hmm. a bit afraid but from what I heard I guess you installed it already Werner yeah so I was, I was brave again uh, as every year and I have to say, it's the most stable beta I ever had. So it's it's very um, stable, no crash so far. And also the performance, even on my iPhone X, is, is pretty amazing. Um, and as you mentioned, the, the group FaceTime, um, what they showed with the Memoji, yeah. it's, it's really working smooth and it's really cool. So uh, the good thing is, um, it's also working if you FaceTime with an iOS 11 device. So, so if you call someone, um, he can, he or she can also see then this this emoji, which is really That's really awesome. Cool. Yeah, I guess um, what I've read online, a couple of people already installed it on older iPad devices where they were really struggling with performance, and they had a great experience. It was so smooth again, and that's for the first beta. So 
I'm really excited what they are bringing out with the general release in the end. I met another guy from Munich uh, today and uh, he already installed iOS 12 uh, as well. And uh, the first thing that he noticed is that his most favorite app, some notepad, was crashing all the time and he's looking for the developer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I had a similar experience. So I installed the new macOS mm -hmm. and I just opened up our project and it was all of that was failing and everything. But I got some Apple engineer and he helped me out and it was really fast and it's awesome i mean there are some complications at the beginning but having the dark mode is like the best thing ever <laughs> yeah that brings me to the next topic that's that's the most amazing thing about adaptive right so you you meet people from all over the world you can talk with apple engineers but also you meet a lot of famous app developers you know that's um pretty amazing and you can get in touch with them and yeah it's <laughs> <laughs> maybe not me i'm not that famous maybe the guy outside thought we are famous <laughs> Um, but it's, it's really impressive. I, I really love this week. So it's, it's so exciting. I, I'm coming when I'm coming back to Munich. So I'm, I'm so full of energy so full of passion. So that's, that's why I'm love to come here to top top. But I have to say it's a little bit different when you're traveling with, uh, colleagues and other guys that you already know. Um, the other time I was here two years ago, I was alone and in the beginning it was a little bit mm, crazy because you don't know anybody and, uh, it just took five minutes to get in contact with someone and over the week I met a lot of people that I didn't know before and uh, this time I'm a little lazy so I know you guys I know my co-worker and uh, some other guys I ran into another colleague from my last company and uh, now it's the German community and I don't need to get in touch with the other guys uh, so much yeah I, I kind of exp uh, experience the same because I'm still at the tomb studying and uh, like eight people from uh, my university are still here and uh, we are meeting up regularly i see them at the labs we have kind of similar questions sometimes and even i had one engineer who was also german so we had just we were talking in german and it felt a bit weird like having just this guy coming up talking with him in german when ev everything else is in english but he was all really 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 great help for our xcode build process and in general, just getting to talk to these engineers is so much help and they have so many insights which you can't get otherwise. So Apple introduced ARKit 2 this year. They showed some pretty amazing demos on stage. One of them was the Lego AR playground thingy, which was pretty amazing. And the second one was a multiplayer AR version of Angry Bird. So uh, they, you can shoot with some balls on wooden blocks and so on. Uh, have you guys tried it out yet? Sadly, I didn't find the time yet because it was quite crowded in the beginning and uh, now I have to go there. Definitely want to try it out till the end of Dub Dub. Yeah, I just sent next by and watched him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so did you have a look through another iPad or just on the big screen? In the uh, back? Just on the big screen. Yeah, so the good thing is that the source code is available. You can download it and also install it on your iPhone. So, But you have to install iOS 12, I guess. So, Yeah. We can play it to tonight in our big living room table and <laughs> yeah it's definitely great what what they made possible with this new ar kit and i think a lot of great apps will come out yeah so andy you are an ar expert um at kind of what, what, do you, what, what, what do you think about the, the version two of ARKit? um it adds some great features to ARKit 
because recently we ran into different problems with ARKit and we are we're thinking about strategies how to solve our problems and after seeing the keynote uh, there was some uh, good spirit because they added some features that will help us to uh, solve our problems but I still have mixed feelings about that because I was in the AR lab and asked them specifically about my problems and um, at least they could uh, confirm that my approach is uh, the right one to solve the problem but uh, I was hoping for more and uh, another funny thing was the uh, 3D tracking Uh, they showed it in the sessions and um, I asked them if it's possible to recognize uh, objects if you already have 3D objects of them. So when you know that you're looking for something and you have a uh, 3D object for that, that would be pretty handy. And they told me, no, that's actually not the idea about the 3D tracking because they need a cloud of uh, points of interest. So a dense cloud of all these points to recognize objects. And when you have a 3D model, that is perfectly fine for the actual objects. Uh, it doesn't have enough noise. <laughs> yeah, it's like like what they showed in the keynote, like those little yellow dots yeah. where they also track the background and get like everything together to yeah. to recognize the objects. Yeah. Okay. Can you talk about the use cases you are you having at Audi? Um, actually, I like to um, auto detect a car in a. Uh, not specific environment maybe that's another problem because uh, they only showed samples with objects in the same place with the same background and uh, we would like to um, recognize just a car somewhere and uh, work with that afterwards okay seems pretty interesting so another big announcement was the series shortcuts um, seems to be a really big deal what do you think about them so I think they are awesome and um, Apple has a great strategy with them because at the moment Siri uh, is pretty, pretty limited in the capabilities that she can help you with. But um, once they add shortcuts, like you can do whatever. Like the, Every developer can provide their own feature set. And um, I just talked to one of these uh, engineers um, about some use cases for us at Sixth. And um, they have really, really a great plan. They are doing these optimizations on the device where they sh look at what the user is doing and which apps they are going. They are using machine learning to provide these suggestions in the future then. And they have so much possibilities to include the Siri intents and also the responses you're giving for them. So I guess we will see many apps providing shortcuts in the near future. Is this topic interesting for you as well? Yeah, it was a little bit. It's automated for the kids. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, but what what I think is special here are the parameters you can pass in. Like yeah. it's really dynamic in the end. Yeah. Um, so I asked them about okay because you have to add this button everywhere to add it as a shortcut, and it can get a bit repetitive if your workflow is a bit more complicated or longer, and you want to automate it. But um, they said that. A lot of stuff, especially for us with cars, is also already covered with these basic car intents. But um, the the great thing would be like 
if a user wants to reserve a car, for example, and he has some custom configurations, like I only want automatic cars, only electric cars, something like that. He could save the uh, settings and could add these settings as an intent. So he could say, today I only want to reserve an electric car and Siri could recognize that. And I, I think that's awesome. And you mentioned already that the Siri shortcuts are uh, some kind of automation for kids. Um, I think the acquisition of the workflow team was a great move from Apple. So uh, it's it's very a very rare situation that uh, acquisition in, in in the tech industry is um, yeah ongoing and or how to say that the the team that was acquired can really deliver much better things if they are in a bigger collaboration so yeah and i'm hoping that more people are using it because uh, i used automator a couple of times over all these years but yeah it's just a couple of times but it's pretty capable all right talk about the mac dark mode finally <laughs> yeah it looks awesome to be honest i installed it inst immediately and um especially xcode I, it's, it's so much smoother to work with it doesn't drain your eyes that much and i love it yeah actually i still have my xcode with the white background <laughs> after i don't know probably 10 years um but it's uh nice looking and i really like the uh new desktop uh, backgrounds that are changing from uh, time to time yeah you can can even change the tint color so the, all the buttons and so on uh, i immediately change it to orange of course <laughs> yeah but i think that's a um, personal, personal thing because uh, i still have one uh, ringtone on my phone and uh, don't change it ever <laughs> crazy frog or which one <laughs> no the default one yeah so um i have mixed feelings about it so in general it looks really nice but um yeah the adoption of some apps are a little bit weird so um when I wrote down some notes for, for this podcast here, uh, I was sitting out in the sun and uh, the cursor is black on a, on a black background now. So it's, it's really, really hard to, to see the cursor. So <laughs> yeah, I, I guess they have to figure some stuff out still. File a radar. <laughs> I heard this sentence a lot this week. Already. But did, did you guys have a look at the portation of the HomePod app on the Mac already? You mean a HomeKit app? A HomeKit, HomeKit app, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So um, overall, it looks good, but um, for example, there are some um, yeah, spinner controls and, and they feel, feel not good in, at the first glance. So yeah, I think a couple of UI stuff, because it's a portation of the UI uh, kit implementation, are still so iOS-based, like the alerts. Uh, you can definitely see that they are not native macOS elements. I'm wondering what they are doing in the final release, if they kind of provide some more macOS feeling appearances or if it stays that way yeah in, in general it's a, a very uh, unusual thing for apple to announce uh, a big feature like that making uh, ui kit apps available on mac uh, one year ahead so i guess they learned from their mistakes with um, airplay 2 and with uh, icloud messages which they announced last year and they took a year to release it in the final version so uh, i think they wouldn't just to make sure that there are not too much expectations for that in the mm. near future. Yeah, but they announced it for 2019, so probably they have to postpone it again one year. <laughs> Let's see. Maybe that's just to uh, help the developers that they uh, have enough time to adjust their apps because it's not that easy that they can do it in three months. 
Yeah, what what I saw all the examples that they have on the presentations is um, that the structure of their Xcode projects is a bit different. They always have this shared folder now for everything, mm -hmm. and they put on like for example for this mm, solar constellation application, they have a se shared folder, then a macOS app and the iOS app folder. So um, I didn't see that before, to be honest. Yeah, it's new. Yeah, yeah. let's see what that means. So, so my point of view is that uh, they they announced it because they they can't hide it anyways. So this uh, Stevie Schroeder Smith guy uh, would find it anyways, and he's uh, you can read it on Twitter that he already plays around with smart CPAN thingies. Yeah, but uh, what I read, it's not you need entitlements to get access to it, so it's not working unfortunately yet. Yeah. So um, I have mixed feelings about that. So um, because as you can see in the HomeKit app, it's, it's it's okay, but but it's not a native Mac app. So really looking forward which way it is. Yeah, I, I'm hoping that because the macOS app, app Store got a bit behind, basically nobody's using it, I would say so. And I hope that the great apps from iOS and especially for the iPad get some love on the MacBook and get their native implementations there. There are around 1,000 Apple engineers here at WWDC. How do you like the labs and the possibility to talk with them? This is a great thing. I uh, did this the last time when I was here already and uh, I got some pretty great insights in a very specific topic that's kind of hardware related. I faced some uh, Bluetooth issues uh, when you're implementing a custom protocol. So not one of the predefined Bluetooth protocols, but when you're doing that with the MFI program, you can do whatever you want. and. Uh, not many people are doing that and then you're having some real problems but uh, the guy was pretty nice and he gave me his email address he sent me another debugging tool that's not available in the uh, developer page and he pointed to one colleague who is uh, responsible for missing um, translation of a system uh, prompt and <laughs> he told me yeah this guy over there he's uh in charge of that comp give your complaints to this guy and uh, that was pretty interesting and i filed an radar for that but i don't think they made it till now and um yeah it's just great to meet them because they're all pretty nice and uh, i think it's the only possibility to get that close to them and especially if they give you their email address to discuss some things later it won't happen anywhere else yeah i think it's awesome too so what I'm doing s the last two days now is just camping at these labs, going from lab to lab, talking to different persons about different problems we face, but also just chatting with them. I, I know they don't like it at that much, but if they have time, just asking them what they think is best, practice, best practices in their use cases. For example, especially with the Xcode team asking about like how to organize your project and about the security team. That was actually really nice. That, that wasn't even in the keynote. I talked to one of these guys. They created a whole new framework. It's called Crypto or C-Crypto, which is available in iOS 12 and uh, the new Mac OS. And they have implementations of all these basic encryption algorithms for AES, CBC, AES, ECB. And I think that's huge, especially with the new push in blockchain and crypto in general. So it's awesome that they provide a, a framework for that. And some people are only here for the labs. Uh, the last time I met uh, the other guy from Austria, Peter Steinberger, and I met him at the labs and he told me 
he never there uh, to watch a session. He can do that online afterwards. He's just there to uh, go to the labs. I can totally relate with that. That there are so many people, and especially you're going to like the U UIKit team, and first there are like engineers filtering you out which topic you actually want to ask questions about, and because they have so many different sub teams for UIKit, I just talked to some guy who was related to the keyboard appearance and stuff like that. And I didn't didn't even know the team was so big. He told me it was like 20 plus people just for the keyboard. And um, so he helped me out with some animation issues and it was just great. He could solve it in, I don't know, 15 minutes. And it really helped a lot. So which new framework or API will you use in, in one of our projects? So I think Siri shortcuts is definitely go. And um, they didn't announce it at the keynote, but Siri shortcuts are also available on the HomePod, which I think is awesome and is pushing out all the haters who say the HomePod is really stupid, but now uh, it can actually compete with Alexa and Google Assistant and all that stuff. So definitely looking out for that. The only thing that's missing is they shipped the HomePod now in Germany, right? So yeah. I imported one from the UK. <laughs> But I, I really love this device, so the, it sounds really amazing. Yeah, 12 days and they are available in Germany. Really? They yeah. announced it? Yeah. yeah. We definitely have to get one for the office. June, <laughs> June 18. What about you, Andy? Which framework or API? Uh, oh. Definitely ARKit 2. I think I will play around with it uh, this week already. And um, the create a mail thing looks pretty interesting. So uh, actually we don't have a specific case to use that or our problem that we are solving with machine learning is uh, probably too difficult for CreateML. Um, but um, I have to play around with it to tell our big data guys, you're out. I can do it by myself. And the other, other thing I heard, I mean, they probably are just rumors now, but um, Apple acquired BodyBuild, the continuous integration service fall last year or early this year i'm not sure but um and as we saw with the workflow app team that it's definitely possible for apple to bring out such a feature um to the public then i'm i'm really excited to see what they are going to do with body build because xcode server is probably not the most used ci anymore it's uh, kind of hard to scale and doesn't fit into many company processes so uh Definitely looking out if there's something more this stopped up or it's going to be released maybe next year already. I think it's going to be awesome. So, and you, uh, you mentioned your last WWC was 2015, right? 16. 16. The last one in San yeah, Francisco. True. So, uh, yeah. H how is the conference here in San Jose different to uh, San Francisco? The weather is better because in San Francisco it's always cold in June. Um, I think it's a little different because in San Francisco, everybody is closer together. The hotels are all nearby and uh, you run into people all over the city. And right here, they are spread over the whole Silicon Valley. It's in our case, the same thing. We have a 20 minute drive to go to a conference. And in San Francisco, it was pretty easy to see all guys in the evening. And one thing that was pretty different, um, they had parties every night in the offices of uh, the tech companies. Uh, the last time I visited Twitter, Microsoft, Yelp, um, Lyft, and uh, over here, there's not so much going on in uh, this direction. Yeah, that's true. 
uh, we we have to do more house parties. So. <laughs> so I just I just went to the vapor meetup last night. Yeah, I, it was pretty crowded. I they had like eight hundred um, reservations from the people, and I think about two to three hundred showed up. So it, it was quite nice to see all the server side guys. And I've heard that there was an Instagram party last night, but I didn't know where it happened. Okay. You wasn't invited. Nah. <laughs> didn't make it to the list. I, I absolutely agree with you. So if you uh, yeah, look at the WWT parties app in, in San Francisco, it was fully packed. So you had the cho choice of two to three parties every night. And um, this year it's only one per day. So yeah, yeah. It's a different story here. Yeah. But it's m the conference itself is much more relaxed, so everything is bigger, wider. So, and um, for people who are coming the first time, I think it's more convenient to be here because uh, the weather is uh, more than you would expect it of California. And the other thing is, uh, um, the not so happy guys that are walking around in San Francisco and downtown, you have to get used to that. And when you're the first time in the U.S. or the first time in San Francisco, probably that's not the best thing that um, you want to see of this tech city you don't expect that yeah. we are here in the heart of the silicon valley uh, what makes the spirit here so special oh that's a good question so i think um what's what's just great is that you see the innovations that for us in germany sometimes take a lot lot longer to get to the market here are just they are just going and they explode basically like Uber, Lyft, it's everywhere. You can get around that with so easily. And also the e-scooters, which they just put in, uh, I think three months ago, are exploding. They, You can pick up a scooter at any place, basically, and just drive with it. And I think that's that's also making the difference between Silicon Valley and Germany, that they have just new innovations and they put it out. I'm really looking forward to, to see these e-scooters in Germany. So they are pretty amazing. Yeah. So. I think the last couple of days I rode like eight times with these scooters. They're so relaxing. I mean, they're a bit slower than with Uber, but um, you can get to see the neighborhood and they're also a lot cheaper. So I, I like them a lot. Yeah, uh, that's an interesting point. So I, I guess in Germany, we it's very hard to introduce something like that because of all of the regulations. So, yeah, but would be really, really nice. But they still have some problems here because a lot of people are complaining about that, at least in San Francisco, because they don't have regulations for that and everybody is doing what he wants to do with a scooter and uh, leaves it where he wants to and yeah some people are not uh, happy about that so there is a police oh yeah yeah we are in the US <laughs> crazy <laughs> from the outside so okay um, yeah I've heard that too that they are just everywhere and that the especially the residents get annoyed by them and that the um, municipal of San Francisco is already pushing back on them, but I think they can't be stopped now. Yeah. Yeah, I, I heard yesterday that this uh, bird uh, company providing the scooters is uh, already a billion dollar company. It's yeah. it's so fucking crazy. Yeah. I, I think uh, if, if they are allowed in Germany, because I mean the main regulation holding them back is from what we heard that e-scooters are not regulated, uh, if they are done with that, uh, some startup is going to pick it up and try it out in, in Munich and Berlin somewhere. Yeah, and one thing that makes it different over here is the spirit of the people. Because yesterday we had a Lyft driver. That was pretty interesting. Uh, we talked a little bit about the uh, um, way that 
he gets the money from the company when he drives and there are regulations about that and some special situations is it distance based or time based and stuff like that in the end he told me uh, he likes to do this he's not doing it full time but um, this way he can serve the community because he can drive older people or um, people that are not so rich that they have their own car and it's easier to use in public transportation and uh, it's uh, comparable to public transportation and in general when you think about that in germany i think no taxi driver is uh, there to tell you oh the best thing on that day was to drive this uh, poor guy to some place for two bucks because uh, he doesn't want to walk that's not his favorite customer and he was happy to do this this way and that was pretty great we, we had an appointment yesterday in cupertino and uh, we took a lift there as well and the driver pitched us his startup idea during the ride so it was also so crazy yeah. did you sign an nda with the driver or yeah <laughs> <laughs> no he had like now great it's your idea, idea. Uh, he just uh, had a great idea for tourists and you need to know the inside of bay area to provide his idea so i think it's great yeah. okay so another big topic uh, microsoft acquired github what do you think about that now all my stickers on the macbook are from microsoft <laughs> <laughs> so so i've just read a lot online about that and um people are moving to gitlab i think gitlab experienced like a two-time growth of new repositories created on the first day they announced it but to be honest um i think a lot of people are missing why um Microsoft's actually doing it. I think there are two points. First was that Google was in discussion to acquire GitHub and Microsoft wanted definitely to avoid that. Okay. And the second one is that um, Microsoft recently switched over to Git as their internal source repository tool. And um, they made a lot of upstream improvements uh, to larger repositories, how to split larger repositories and that Git can actually handle them. And I think they are just looking for a open source platform where they can actually push their code to. And it's more of a business uh, acquisition to support also the internal tooling. Then it is more to, I don't know, push push people away from the platform or like get their code. I read another story that uh, I'm not sure if they mix up the numbers, but uh, a four-digit number of contributors is from Microsoft right now, so it's their favorite tool. Yeah, they're the biggest contributors on GitHub as yeah. far as I know. They've overtaken, I think, Google or something like that. So it makes a lot of sense, especially with VS Code out there, and it just fits their their recent agenda to make open source projects in general. They have they have open sourced a lot. They have put the developers and users in front, and they are not like this take over a company and then basically extinguish it and when they spread github the same way they did with windows 3.1 it will be a great story in the next 20 years and as we know uh, as members of the swift meetup group munich microsoft is not bad at all so greetings to our colleague uh, hi manu manu <laughs> um yeah so uh, pretty amazing so she's an ios engineer working for microsoft so pretty cool thing yeah, and my neighbor is from Microsoft as well, and he's a cool guy, so yeah. they're not bad at all. So it's okay. Yeah. 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 All right. Anything you guys want to talk about? Yeah, I have a thing. Uh, at some point, I was a little disappointed this week because uh, over the last months or so, I was facing some problems that are pretty special and actually difficult. And um, when you talk to other guys 
even from Apple, you can uh, tell them your problem and uh, tell them your approach on it. And yeah, they can confirm that it's the right direction, but maybe don't they don't have a solution for that as well. And at some point, um, I was hoping for more of a uh, deep insight in that topic. And probably I didn't uh, met the right people uh, at this time that I was in the labs or so, but uh, at some point I was thinking that uh, there will be more outcome. Yeah. And even with the uh, uh, topics they showed in the keynote and some sessions, um, in uh, the CreateML session yesterday, half of the time it was a repetition of the uh, part of the keynote and that was disappointing. So we just went to the CarPlay session this morning and I think we got disappointed a bit as well there. We just talked to one of the Apple engineers or I think he was more of a customer facing um, guy. But for us, it's, it would be awesome to have an or rental cars like CarPlay and to interact with the rental in general or show our branches there. Um, and I think in the keynote, they probably misannounced it a bit because they showed point, points of interest on the map. So I was expecting that you could probably populate the map with points of interest and like actually interact with it as a usual map kit map. Mm -hmm. But what they are providing is basically just an interface for companies who draw their own maps like Google Map or Waze and who also provide turn-by-turn -turn navigation. So there's not much you can do for companies who provide features during the drive or want to provide features in the CarPlay system. So I guess that's a bit of a disappointment for us, but the guy reassured me at least that they think it's quite a nice use case and they're looking for future projects which can, which can go in this direction. Yeah. Yeah, at least there are some companies that acquire companies like here so. <laughs> I was a little bit surprised as well um, because I, I uh, contacted our um, Apple engineering contact person a couple of months ago about this CarPlay topic and I sent him some, some scruples and some, some future designs and uh, the CarPlay engineers uh, knew about that so they I never met them but they uh, immediately remembered this case so it was pretty amazing that this is not going into this big organization and then it's lost so they really take care about the developers yeah th that's what i'm experiencing as well they are so passionate about their stuff like you ask them a question and they i, I expected them to be more like yeah we know that and just yeah it's usual business but they really if they find bugs or if they see different or really difficult layout problems they really dig into you with and, and they're kind of fascinated but by what the developers actually come up with so i guess that's that's really nice that they're also passionate and want to help us go, uh, get to where we want to go yeah that's that's awesome another good thing to experience when you uh, face them with your problems and they can solve it or they see that's a bug you see that's the same at apple at in your company yeah, so, some some engineer just told me yeah like file a radar but especially attach a demo application yeah. and once you do that they they really wrangle who can get to this radar because once they have a, a a demo application where the bug is replicatable they really dig into it and, and enjoy it a lot <laughs> at least he told me so gotta take his word for it yeah 
So for me, passion is, is very important. Uh, so uh, that's a really cool thing to see so many passionate people here this week. So really enjoyed it. Yeah. So what are your plans for the rest of the week? Tonight, uh, I'm visiting Facebook with some uh, colleagues and friends. And we were told that they have great food. Better than here. So I'm just going to some labs and poking, especially the UIKit guys, some more about performance issues we experience. And yeah, just joining a couple of sessions I find is interesting, but yeah, focusing on the labs, definitely. Okay. All right. So uh, uh, we will do some barbecue tonight. Oh yeah, that's right. With uh, self-made burgers. They are really, really amazing. So you get really good uh, meat here. So it's really cool. Yeah, we had a barbecue last week uh, and we watched a basketball game and the steaks we bought were a pound each. <laughs> so that, these are American sizes. Yeah, yep. it was about uh, an inch and a half thick. <laughs> yeah, we, ma we made kind of the similar mistakes in the early days here. It wasn't we a mistake. It wasn't a mistake. That was on yeah. purpose okay. and it was so, great. So we just bought, like in the first day, we made two burgers each and we just collapsed afterwards because it was just too much for us. And the, the second day we ordered some food and somehow we got to 60 bucks for our delivery and we could have eaten that for like the next three days. So learn by your mistakes. Yeah, everything is bigger here. <laughs> yeah. Okay, it was a pleasure to talk with you guys. Um, see you tomorrow at the bash. <laughs>